you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I intend to fully expand your life today with some new concepts and ideas that if you apply in your life the way I have applied them in my life, you're going to see some immediate improvements, some exciting things are going to start to happen. I'm excited to to welcome my guests to this show today. I have David and Jerry Hinton. They are coming here from the southern Utah area. I think they live in a little place called Hurricane. Some people call it Hurricane, but all of the locals know that that's wrong. That's correct. <laughs> it's Hurricane, Utah, and it's a very small town down near St. George. But these people have brought a big thing to the world, and they are the, the founders of a company that I have been affiliated with for some time now, and that's Abundant Reading Systems. So, David, Jerry, I want to welcome you to the show. Say hello. 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 Thank, thank you, you for inviting us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here. You know, David and Jerry had to come here to the studio today through a tremendous snowstorm. And at least you didn't have to travel all the way from your home. You were here local in Utah County. Thank goodness for that. But you may not return to your home. I don't know. Depends on if the snow lets up. We'll have to see what it looks like when we're through here. Well, I'm excited to have you here. I know a lot of our guests have heard the commercials for Abundant Reading Systems. And this is, let me give a little bit of the background here. It's been, it's been over a year, I think, since I first talked to you folks about bringing a speed reading course here to Utah County. That's correct. And you had taught a few smaller courses before up here and had done some down in Southern Utah. But I heard about you guys, well, I've known you for a while, uh, but as far as the speed reading part, when I heard about that, I started to think, wait a minute, I have this problem. And you're thinking, which problem, right? <laughs> I've, Dr. Paul has plenty of problems. But this was one that was troubling me. I would go to seminars, or I would go to coaching sessions, or I would listen to the radio, uh, specifically Rick Kerber's show and the, the Producer Revolution show, which isn't on the air anymore. But at the time, I was listening to this stuff. And people who were who were hosting these events would almost always recommend a book or two or three <laughs> or four. You're getting the picture, right? right? And so this stack of books was starting to grow. And I'd go get them too. I'd go to the bookstore or I'd order them online and they'd show up and I'd stack them on my nightstand. And my wife can, can attest to this too. She's I've always got this pile of books by the side of my bed. Well, this pile of books that I was putting together to read, and I really wanted to read them, was growing, and it, in fact, taking over the whole nightstand, and it was growing a lot faster than the pile that I had completed, 
well, this was my problem. And I heard about you guys teaching these speed reading classes, and I was a little skeptical at first. I thought, yeah, that sounds a little hokey to me. But after talking to you a little bit, I started to see, now, wait a minute, this is probably something that could really work. So we put together an event. Uh, you and I co-hosted an event here in, in my office when we were down in Provo. And we brought out, I don't know, 20 people or so to do this six-week speed reading course. And it was a fantastic experience for me. I started that course. And you'll have, have to help me remember, Jerry, you are the, you're the master at remembering everybody's reading speeds. Do you remember <laughs> what my initial baseline speed was? I'm testing her. Here. You are. You are. We've done quite a few classes since I yours. I think it was just a little over 300. 320, I think. 320. At 67% comprehension. At 67% comprehension. Mm -hmm. Now, Jerry, you've tested a lot of people. How does that compare to most people when they start the course? I think you were a little faster than most. Most of them are between 150 and 250 words per minute with around... 75% comprehension. So, Okay, so just to give people a sense of, of where we're starting. Now, I was a pretty fast reader. I mean, I went through a Ph.D. program. I had done a lot of practicing in reading and, uh, and, and was clipping along pretty well at about 320 words a minute. We went through this six-week course. Do you remember what my fastest speed was? I didn't prep, Jerry, You for did this. not prep. I should have gone through <laughs> all my records to figure this out. Um, no, I can't. Are we talking about for speed, or are we talking about just regular comprehension? Well, and we might need to clarify for the listeners what that means, because as we went through the course, you, you would give tests occasionally. Uh -huh. And in these tests, sometimes we would really push our speed just to see how fast we could go, and we didn't worry about comprehension. And then there's other times when we would slow down to make sure that we fully comprehended what we were reading to test how fast our comprehension speed had increased. Now, I remember what you finished the course at. What was that? It was at 3,200 words per minute. <laughs> You're with, amazing. With 67% comprehension. The how exact long ago same, was it? Well, it was over a year ago. <laughs> but, but I remember that you did exactly 10 times, almost, almost mm -hmm. to the word. It was. 10 times faster. And that's, that's exactly what I remember, too. That my, I don't know if you call it my graduation speed or, yeah. or the, the top speed, speed that I attained during class was 3,200 words a minute. And this was, was amazing to me that I could read that fast and, and understand anything. And understand at the same level that mm -hmm. you were understanding at 320 words a minute. So this kind of made me a believer. And Dave, you were talking about the the speed tests, mm -hmm. and I can't remember the top speed that I got to. Do you recall? I don't remember the exact, but uh, you'd read over 30,000 words a minute. And that, you have to understand, people, this was using some of the techniques that you learned during the class, and I was just flying along and not comprehending much at all. That's but what, some. But there was but some, some, and that's the amazing thing to me is that I caught some of it. But then when I slow down to try to, to understand what I was reading, it was, well, like you said, Jerry's about 10 times my baseline rate. So, so that means 10 more books off that stack. 
Right. <laughs> and you know what? I've had, a, I've had some really cool experiences since then. We took a little family trip up to Seattle recently. And as we were driving in the car, I have a son uh, who, who runs the podcast. Um, we've got Ryan here today. Adam is sometimes here. And Adam has got his learner's permit. So he can drive the car as long as a, one of his parents is sitting right next to him, you know. So he was getting some of the driving practice. Everybody else in the car fell asleep, and I'm sitting there supervising his driving. Well, there's not much that you have to do out on the deserts of, of Idaho. And so I pulled out a book, and I read the entire book before my wife woke up from her nap. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, I am so grateful that I have learned how to do this. Because I could just leave that book on my stack, but you know what? It's not getting into my head as long as it's on my stack. I just wanted to share some of my experience to get us going. Dave, you share some stories sometimes in these seminars that that you do about some of your experience with speed reading. I want you to give just a little bit of introduction to your experience with this. Uh, I I guess the story I'd, I'd uh, tell right now is I had a, um, health teacher that was, um, well, we went to class one day and she says, we're going to have our midterm tomorrow and we're not going to have any questions on the test that have anything to do with what we discussed in class. Everything is going to come from, uh, the chapters. There are 14 chapters that you are required to know. Well, she hadn't asked us to read one page. There wasn't anybody in the class that had read one page of that, uh, book. She had asked us to buy it, but she hadn't asked us to read it. <laughs> she wasn't just kind of holding your hand through the course and telling you what to read. Huh? That's correct. So I I started home, and I was wondering what in the world I was going to do. And then, I, oh, well, I've had this speed reading class. I might as well do it. So I went home, and I read the 14 chapters in 45 minutes, which was not really speed reading, speed reading, but it was going at a pretty good clip. <laughs> That's pretty fast. And uh, I went to school the next day I was the only one in the class to pass the test and I only missed two questions on the test mm. so so you understood what you read I understood what I read now, Dave you were skeptical at first too I was I remember you telling stories about your mother who <laughs> I guess taught some speed reading as well right uh, she did and uh, when she first told me that she could read 1500 words a minute I wrote back to her, because I was in Korea at the time in the military, and I told her that she needs to quit lying to me. She had taught mm -hmm. me to be honest. And so I uh, I told her to quit lying. Well, she wrote back and says, well, I'm sorry. I guess I was. I'm, I don't read 1,500 words a minute. I read 3,500 words a minute. <laughs> oh. And uh, I just couldn't believe that. And so I learned speed read basically to prove to my mother that she didn't know what she was talking about. Right. That she was right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you've had enough experience with it since to to know that not only is this possible, but it's something that you can personally do. That is correct. Anybody who has a desire to learn to read faster can do it. Now, I want to accomplish something very specific on this show today. I want to help people to see, first of all, that it's possible and start to consider that. And then second of all, I want to give them some of the basic tools that we teach in our single day course 
And folks, as you're listening to this, you're getting some value that we normally reserve for that that single day course. And we'll tell you how to get involved with that too as we go along. But I want people to actually understand what, what the three top barriers are to efficient reading. And I think we'll have time to cover that on today's show. Just start thinking about this for a minute. When you learned how to read, you learned in a very specific way. And I remember back in kindergarten and first grade, you know, when I first had my exposure to reading, as I was sounding out words and I was reading out loud so that the teacher could monitor, you know, things like that. This is, this is the way a lot of us learn how to read and that sets us up for some of the three, these three main barriers to efficient reading. That's correct. So we'll go over those in the rest of the course. You can also think about how you see things. And I'm going to say a few things about that as we come back from this next break. We're going to get into the meat of how do you do this and see if we can get you reading a little bit faster even before you attend the course. Sound good? Sounds We'll be right back. Hello, Live On Purpose listeners. How many times have we heard Dr. Paul talk about one of his favorite books, The Dog Poop Initiative, a true story by Kirk Weasler? Well, where does he get his books at? He gets them at morebetterbooks.com, and now so can you. Go there today, enjoy free shipping for the holidays, and special holiday bundles where you can buy huge piles of books at huge savings at morebetterbooks.com, so you can have a more better life and live that life on purpose. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this show, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office in Orem. Call Eric at 801-226-7544 register. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That number again, 801-226-7544.
Okay, before all of you listeners run away screaming <laughs> in fear that Dr. <laughs> Paul has gone off the deep end and he's talking about all this goofy stuff that couldn't have any basis in reality, I want you to consider a few things. First of all, we were talking just a little bit before the break about how you learned how to read in the first place. And I've, I've taught some things on this show before about how your mind works. And one thing that is for sure about about your mind and your brain is that it sets up these neural pathways, is what I call them. It, it's a cruise controller, an autopilot. Your brain wants to economize and make things more efficient. And so what it does is when it learns how to do something, it puts it on this kind of automatic circuit, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. That's both good and bad news because the good news is that you don't have to think about everything you do. Like walking, for example, you do that without even giving it much thought. Speaking your native language, okay, you can do that without giving it much thought. All of these things are on autopilot. Well, it does the same thing with reading. And once you learn how to read, it says, oh, I know how to read now. And it puts it on this autopilot, this cruise control, this automatic circuit, this neural pathway. And then it doesn't bother changing it. Well, typically, think about this. Do you read letters? I think you probably read words. Don't you think most people read words? Most people read words. Well, why don't we read letters? Well, because that would take a lot of time to try and comprehend what it, what it is you're reading, a long mm -hmm. time to read. Well, you see this when you see a preschooler or an, someone who's just learning how to read and they're sounding out the words or they're saying T-H-E, the, okay? And they put the word together from the letters. Well, when you get, when you get used to the words, you just read the words because the words carry the meaning and you don't bother with the letters. In fact, we've got a little slide we show in our presentation that came out. You've probably seen this on your email at some point where the, it's a paragraph and all of the words are misspelled. In fact, I just uh, had a young man look at him and said, uh, somebody didn't do a very good job of typing uh, this thing. Uh -huh. And I says, well, read it. And uh -huh. he started reading. Oh, and he could <laughs> he do just surprised. fine, didn't he? I showed this to one of my clients just last week, and he fluently read the whole paragraph. And every word is scrambled up. It's got the first letter and the last letter in the right place, and everything else is scrambled and most people can read that with a fair degree of fluency. That's correct. And that's because your mind comprehends the word and you're not reading the letters. Okay, why did you stop there? Now, most of our listeners stopped there with words. Doesn't it make sense if you can string letters together to make a word that makes sense that you could also string words together into phrases or sentences or paragraphs and those also make sense? And actually, that's, that's what most people do who read fluently. They've, they've learned how to take a lot of words and put them together. In a, they, they see all of those words, and so it, mm -hmm. it goes very smoothly as they read. And that fluency you can pick up on. You'll hear someone read out loud in kind of a choppy way. A dog went to the store. I don't know why a dog would go to the store, but I'm just <laughs> making this up on the fly. Come on, play with me here. <laughs> But someone who's reading fluently takes in all of the words, understands how they tie together, and then put emphasis on the words in a different way 
because of their understanding of the entire concept. That's correct. So, so you already do this. What, what we're trying to teach in this course is to comprehend and take in more of the meaning without stopping on each individual word. In fact, stopping on the individual words is probably the first barrier. That is. That's, that's exactly the problem. What do you call that, Dave, and how do you explain it to your students? Well, it's called fixation. And basically, your eye attached to the brain is a camera. And it's taking pictures for your brain to interpret and, uh, and decipher what the meaning is. And when mm -hmm. you first learned to read, you took pictures of every single word as you said it. I went to the park. And your eye stopped on every single one of those words. Mm -hmm. uh, or even the letters initially. Uh, yeah, even the letters initially as a, a first grader or kindergartner. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes uh, those students who didn't pick it up in first grade are still working on it in third and fourth grade. Mm -hmm. But you have to get to a point where you can see all of those words together so that you're reading it fluently. When you do that, you still have to fixate, but your eye is, is fixated on uh, a larger number of words. And so that's where, how you're able to put feeling to it because you can see all of that together at the same time. This fixation thing is an interesting concept in my mind. It's cumbersome to fixate too much. And so when we're learning how to read, it, you feel like you're reading very slowly if you're looking at all of the letters. And that's why word recognition is emphasized when we're teaching children how to read in school. And as soon as they start to recognize those words, they no longer have to fixate on the individual letters and try to understand or decipher or decode what those letters together mean. They just look at the whole word. Mm -hmm. And their speed jumps just like that. And usually, that's where we stop because of two reasons, I think. That's the requirement in school. And you reach a level of satisfaction. Oh, this is faster this feels a lot better than what I was doing. This is good enough. And you get used to it. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable to stretch. It's, in, mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable to grow. And so we get to a, a comfort level that we can appreciate, and then we stop. Mm -hmm. Well, we saw this as we took people through the speed reading course, too. In fact, most people, when we, when we were doing the six-week course that I was in, most people would either double or triple their reading speed in the first two classes, sometimes the very first class. And it's because we taught them these three barriers and how to overcome them. The first one we've already mentioned, and that's fixation, where you take a picture of every single word. And they would immediately increase their speed, double, triple their speed, and they'd think the same thing that these little kids think. Oh, this is a lot faster. This is great. This is... And some people would quit after the second class. Because they were satisfied, because they had gotten fast enough. Now, those who continued could dramatically increase their speed beyond that because there's other techniques that were taught. But I think that's important to recognize that when you reach a level of comfort or satisfaction, you're likely to become used to that, and then it creates a habit. And you just kind of stick with that, and that becomes the way that you operate. That's correct. That's, that's what happens to everybody.
and the how fast you read will be determined on how fast you are satisfied with mm-hmm. that you know that applies in so many areas of life we're talking about speed reading here but i hope that you listeners are putting this together with other habits that you have already created and once you get into your comfort zone you'll stick with that your your mind is very loyal to whatever habits you've already formed and to get out of those is uncomfortable i have this little uh <clears throat> Excuse me. I have this little example that I use in some of my seminars with a keyboard, and you've seen my keyboard. I've <laughs> mentioned it on the show before. <laughs> this this keyboard is is scrambled. It's just a regular computer keyboard, but I've taken all of the all of the little letters and I've put them in different places. And it's extremely difficult for people to type their name, for example, on my scrambled keyboard. And that's because you're used to it being a different way. Even though the keyboard on your current computer is not in alphabetical order, you've taught yourself how to use that one. You've become used to it, and then it becomes a habit that your mind very fiercely resists changing that habit. See, that's, that's the exact same principle of learning to read. You have a keyboard here where the letters are not set up in alphabetical order, and when you first learn to type, you, uh, you were typing maybe five, to 10 words a minute. But when you finish mm-hmm. that class, you might have been typing 50 to 70 words a minute or faster. Mm-hmm. And it requires practice. <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> and this is, if you choose to sign up for an Abundant Reading Systems course, I'm going to give you a warning right up front. It's not going to improve your reading speed unless you practice. <laughs> unless you apply that. And there's things that you can learn that take very little practice to get some initial results. In fact, if you, if you apply what you learn on this show today, you're going to increase, increase your reading speed. But part of the course is taking people through drills and practices, and, and you encourage the students to go home and practice. And the reason for it is just the same as what we talked about. On that keyboard, learning how to type on a keyboard requires practice. And learning how to read more rapidly and efficiently requires practice too, as does anything else that you're trying to train your mind to do. So fixation, let's just kind of revisit that for just a minute. Fixation is taking the picture with your eye, basically. That's correct. And the eye stops on each word. And we're trying to get you, instead of stopping on each word or stopping on each sentence, we're trying to get you initially to begin to be able to stop on a paragraph and mm-hmm. then two paragraphs and then three paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would prefer it if we can get you to stop once a page. You're mm-hmm. going to have to stop at least once a page. Because you have to turn the page. Well, you have to turn the page, but you've got to see what's on the page. Mm-hmm. And you can't see if your eye doesn't stop and take the picture. Mm-hmm. So we want you to take the picture, but... The fewer times you take pictures, the faster you'll be able to read. You teach some techniques along with this for the fixation, and it also addresses the next one that we'll talk about after the next commercial break, to where you can get your eye to move more smoothly over the page, too, by using hand and finger movements to guide your eye. That's correct. And this is a very simple technique where you just take your finger, your index finger, or any finger you choose, I guess, 
and you just move it smoothly along underneath the words and practice getting your eye to follow that instead of stopping all the time. This is one of the techniques that will help you to overcome the fixation initially and start getting a little more fluidity to your reading. Uh, that's correct. Um, having said that, I think it's important to understand that if, if you don't learn the things that we teach, you can still take your finger and do the exact same thing with your finger that you do without your finger and, mm -hmm. read, and, and continue to read slow. That's so. right. <laughs> you have to change what you're doing if you want to have a different kind of a life. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. When is the right time to do something about your million-dollar ideas? For Chris Hawes, it was when he was just nine years old. The young man was struggling to shoot a basketball correctly. His dad then taught him the correct position to place your hands on the basketball. It worked. With good hand placement, he started sending more basketballs through the net. One day while at school, the nine-year-old noticed his friends shooting basketballs with their hands in all sorts of different positions. Instinctively, he got some paint, dipped his hands in it, and placed his hands on the basketball with the correct hand positioning. His friends were able to make a quick check of where their hands should be and a new product was born. The hands-on basketball was recognized that same year by Sport Time and local media. Within months, ESPN, National Geographic and others took the story and inspired millions. At the age of nine, Chris Hawes started earning more than most college graduates ever make. His hands-on basketball is now available worldwide. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? When was the last time you took a vacation? If you can't remember, then it's time you took one. Travel is a $7 trillion industry and is expected to double over the next 10 years. CNN Money declared that 43% of all online purchases are spent on travel. You can earn extra money in your spare time in this booming and exciting industry. Let us share with you information on how to capitalize on this amazing opportunity. Call toll-free 1-866-381-0482 or go to www.gotropedia.biz. Okay, so... If there are three barriers to efficient and rapid reading, we've talked about this first one, which is fixation, where your eyes just stop to take little pictures of words. And, and part of the technique that we're talking about is getting yourself to take bigger, fewer pictures as you're going through the material. Uh, one of the things that you can do is, is to have a smooth hand movement that 
uh, kind of guide your eyes through. And I'm just kind of summarizing this from the Dr. Paul perspective. You guys are the experts at teaching this. And in the, <laughs> this is one of the main things that you hit in this one-day course uh, where you help people to at least double their reading speed. And I'm thinking, I'm just remembering my experience with all of this, and I was able to immediately start to read faster, immediately, in that first class. But I found, I was just thinking as we were chatting during the break, I found that I got frustrated. In fact, how many of your students would you say get frustrated? Oh, about 110%. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? I've got my own theories, but I want you guys to talk about this. Jerry, it looks like you have an idea. Well, I was just going to say frustration means growth. I mean, if if you never get frustrated, you don't grow. You don't improve. That is so well put. It's true, I think, that to get anywhere in life, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And as long as you're still comfortable, you're not growing. So like you said, Jerry, this is an opportunity for growth. It's a good sign. If you're feeling a little frustrated, it means you've gotten out of your comfort zone. And this class will keep them out of their comfort zone the entire time. <laughs> it's, that's true. You know what? Some of the feedback that I've heard from people is that it's kind of brutal. <laughs> and, and brutal, it, it just means that you're working hard. This is a really intensive kind of a course. I found that as I was going through the course, and I took the six-week, the extended course, as I was going through that, about week three or or four, I was feeling frustrated again. And I had already increased my reading speed probably at least triple to quadruple uh, by that time. And I was fairly consistent with that. And I had this barrier at about a 1,000 words a minute. And I had a hard time getting past that barrier until finally in one of the classes during some of the drills we were doing, some things finally clicked in. And Dave, you were talking about letting go. In fact, we've incorporated that into our our single day uh, curriculum to help people get the concept of letting go of the old way. And I was still hanging on to some things that were keeping me stuck. And it took that persistence and that that hard work and that practice to get past that barrier. And that's when I got up into to several thousand words a minute uh, by the end of the course. It's really hard to let go of things that uh, you've done for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, if you're doing something that uh, you're satisfied with at the time, but you hear about something that sounds good you'd like to do, mm-hmm. it's not easy to to create new habits. No. Uh, and with this this uh, speed reading class, uh, will be one of the most difficult classes that. Uh, you'll ever take it's probably uh as exciting as a law class or a, a doctor's <laughs> class it'll it'll uh it'll test your uh, mm-hmm. abilities one of the things that makes it difficult when we're talking about letting go a lot of people as they're reading and i was like this too i was a little resistant to change the way i read because i enjoy reading and how many times have you heard this happens uh, every time somebody talks to me about speed reading. I enjoy what I'm doing. Why would I want to mm-hmm. change? That's right. I had another person say, I really want to understand what I read. I, want, I have these books on my pile because I want to know what's in them, not because I want to fly through them or skim over them or whatever. 
And my question to him was, well, how much are you getting out of them now? <laughs> While they were sitting on his stack, guess what? He wasn't getting anything out of them. So, well, If you're reading uh, 320 words a minute with 67% comprehension, you must be missing something. Uh-huh. At least 33% of what you're reading, you're missing. That's right. You're always going to miss something. That's right. But even if you were to try, and this is something I've talked about with a couple of the guests on this show, just try stuff. Get out there and try something different. Because better is always different. Now think about that. I didn't say that different is always better. <laughs> I said better is always different. <laughs> so if you want your life to be better, you've got to do something differently. And people are afraid of failure too. Oh my gosh, what if I try that and I fail? Oh yeah, that would be terrible. It's, it's not as bad as you think. Plus, let's say that you, that you try this uh, speed reading. Okay. And let's say that you kind of skim through one of your books that's sitting on your stack and you get maybe 10% of it. Are you a little farther ahead than you were? And I think you are. You can always read it again. <laughs> right? I realized this during the class. In fact, it was on one of, our, one of our tests, I think, that you were having us do. And the temptation was to slow down, you know, to make sure I understood it. And this is one of those letting go experiences that I had where I thought, no, this time I'm just going to read it as fast as I can. Well, I read through it and I thought, I got time to read it again. So I read it again. <laughs> I read it a couple of times before the time was up and was able to comprehend quite a bit of it. And I'm finding as I'm reading faster, I'm able to concentrate more. I stay more focused. It used to be that I'd fall asleep. You know, if I were trying to read a book before bed or something, I'd make a paragraph or two and I'd be out. And it's because... I wasn't reading fast enough to engage my mind. And I found that once I started speed reading, I have to stop reading in order to go to sleep. It's not <laughs> that I fall asleep. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a key. Uh, if you're going to speed read and comprehend, you've got to focus. You've got to be mm -hmm. able to focus. And part of what we do is uh, we do things in this class to help irritate you. Yes. To force you. You've gotten good at that. To focus. <laughs> Well, at least people will be sufficiently warned. Let's go to the, the second barrier. We talked about fixation. There's another concept called regression. Can you talk about that for a minute, Dave? Yeah, regression is um, a habit we get into. We'll start to read and we'll get a few sentences in. We'll say, oh, did I understand that? And so you'll go back and reread it. Sometimes you'll reread uh, the same sentence three and four times. Um, mm -hmm. If you were to watch somebody's eyes, you can watch them as they, uh, their eyes are darting back and forth as you see them uh, go back to reread. Mm -hmm. and, and that happens a lot on every page. So if we were to speak that way, it might sound, it might sound something like this. It might it sound could, something, something like, like something this. Like it might this. sound something like it this. It might sound. It sounds something like this something like this <laughs> like this <laughs> now that's it drives you crazy to hear it doesn't it but you're doing this as you're reading watch this go pick up a book and try it you can push pod, pause on this podcast and then come back to it when you read you typically most people have gotten into a habit of regression and the word regression we use in psychology sometimes to talk about how people revert to an earlier state the, or go back 
the faster a person reads, the less they regress. We said that at the beginning that the average American reads between 150 and 250 words a minute. If you're reading 300 words a minute, you're regressing less than the person who's reading 250 words a minute. Mm-hmm. The person who reads 250 words a minute is regressing less than the person who's reading 150 words a minute. So, so basically, people slow themselves down by reading it over and over and over again, and it might be two or three words at a time or a sentence. But I remember times when I have regressed a paragraph or two <laughs> where I've realized my brain has wandered, I don't know what I just read. So I go back and I reread it. But even within a sentence, you know, rereading those words or going back and and repeating them in your mind, just imagine how much more efficiently you'll be reading if you only read it once. And that's the concept of regression. That's, That's correct. So what kind of techniques do you recommend to people to overcome that? I already mentioned the finger movement. That's part of it. Because it keeps your eyes on track and it keeps you moving forward. Well, I don't know that I want to get into um, a lot of different uh, ways. Um, Part of it is it's hard to show people over a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to show people over a podcast <laughs> what to do. Uh, we have uh, a number of different uh, hand movements we teach that uh, allow allow people to... Uh, Get rid of that. I guess the short version is you're training your eyes to keep moving and to not go back. But you know, the more important thing, I think, is a psychological tool, and that is to trust yourself. Trust yourself that your mind is comprehending what you're reading, and this is a letting go thing. This is a practice thing. You're, you're going to doubt yourself. Big time. But you'll understand more <laughs> than you think you do. Uh, that's true. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest challenges the people that take our class uh, come up with. They, uh, mm-hmm. they just, well, my, I'm not understanding. I, it's, mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I just can't understand what it is I've read. I, I'm not mm-hmm. seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Um, and that, well, that's, that's part of keeping them uh, on the frustrating edge. Yeah. Well, that's, that's part of this whole experience in the letting go. And you will, you will teach yourself a new way to read. I think this is one of the keys, too. You're not learning to read faster. You're learning a new way to read, which is faster. That's, that's really correct. And, and by that, I mean we're not going to teach you to do exactly what you're doing, only to speed it up. <laughs> you have to let go of that old way. To start a new way. And again, I want to call call to, to your attention the fact that this is a principle we're talking about with a specific technique to reading. We're talking about speed reading, but we're really talking about life and how you incorporate new techniques or strategies or ways of doing things. You're going to want to hang on to your old ways. And as long as you cling to those old ways, you're not going to get the new stuff. It will stop you. It will hinder you from getting to that level. And speed reading is a great example of that, don't you think? I think it is. And one of the nice things about what we do is you don't have to buy a machine. You don't have to buy any extra equipment to uh, learn to do this. Sort of Uh, built in already, isn't it? It's sort of built in. Uh It's amazing what the capability of the human mind is. 
We'll come back with one more barrier to efficient reading and tell you some ways to get over it as we come back. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 1130 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101 created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. You know what? As we're chatting during the commercials, uh, all of you listeners don't get to listen in on all this good stuff that's happening. And Jerry, you made some comments during the commercial about how, oh, you guys are making this sound like a terrible experience or something <laughs> like that. You know, because we're no, you're just talking about the class being brutal. I it is. I wouldn't describe it as brutal. I mean, it's stretching. It's it really challenging, challenging. Mm-hmm. But um, most people, even through all the stretching and and frustration still tell us how much they enjoyed the course and how oh, yeah. how valuable it was to them. So I don't want you to scare anybody away by making it sound like <laughs> well, it's Well, thank really, you, Jerry, really for difficult. reining us back in because you're absolutely <laughs> right. Have you noticed that some of the most valuable experiences you have in life are also very difficult? Mm-hmm. But it's not just difficult. In fact, some of the, the best experiences I've had in my life when people ask me to describe what it was like, I think the best answer I could come up with is name an adjective. Any adjective will do. <laughs> <laughs> and this is kind of like that because it's one of those powerful life experiences. But I have to agree with that 100%. I, I went through the six-week course, and I worked hard in that six-week course. 
probably not as hard as I could have worked. But, you know, almost everybody says that, that they realize, wow, there's so much there that I could do if I were to apply myself more. I know I could get more. And that's that's a basic concept in life. So it is a difficult course, but it's also extremely rewarding, especially as you see yourself starting to gain this skill that allows you to increase your intake of knowledge. And I believe that knowledge is power when it's properly applied. Yeah. There, there really are very few people that do exactly what we ask them to do in the course, mm-hmm. practice as much as we recommend, because um, even with just half that amount, they still have really good results. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. And so they... And they know that they could have done so much more. So they realize that with mm-hmm. time and practice, they could just do 10 times that. So we don't want to put you all on a guilt trip because <laughs> you haven't done enough. There's always more that you haven't done than what you've done. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> don't you think that'll always be true in life? Yeah. But know that you can accomplish quite a bit with the limited amount of time that you do have. And, and we've seen great yeah. results with people who've maybe only been able to practice three times during the week instead mm-hmm. of instead of what we'd like them to do. But and you're still better off than you were before. You bet. So that's the whole key. You said something else, though, Jerry, about these people who sometimes feel frustrated because they're not getting it. And you made an observation that I think is very okay. important. Could you I share f- that? As you're reading and as you're speeding along and you're saying, oh, I'm not getting it, I'm just not getting it, um, I don't think... Most people are realizing that they really are getting it. They just Mm -hmm. think that they have to hear it in their head in order to get it, which is the way that we usually read. You know, we Mm -hmm. usually usually are hearing it inside of our head, and so we know we're getting it. But um, that's why we do some testing is because um, as we test, sometimes things come out that um, people didn't even know they had gotten Mm -hmm. out of it, out of the material but it's there in their mind and it's it's when we go after it we can find it and so that kind of tells us what the um next the third barrier, barrier. yes what, what do you call that Subvocalization. Subvocalization is just hearing it in your head right or i've seen people also when they're reading silently their lips are moving <laughs> that's right what does that mean that means that they're speaking every word that they are reading if themselves. not out loud, at least in their head. That's right. And you can't go very fast if you speak every word. So you're saying that sometimes people don't don't realize that they're comprehending it because they expect to, to experience it. it the same way that they used to, which is hearing every word in their head. That's as correct. if someone's reading this story to them. Yes. Well and Wow. To to go along with what she was saying. If you uh, if you tell somebody that their mouth is moving even though they're reading silently, they will uh, immediately stop their mouth from moving, and mm-hmm. but it's their mouth is moving in their mind, <laughs> and that's why it's called subvocalization because even though your mouth is not moving out here, it is moving in your mind and you are hearing everything that you're reading uh, because your mouth is moving, and mm-hmm. that is that is one of the biggest. Uh, detriments to being mm-hmm. able to read fast. And so that's one of the things we have to break down. It's it's probably the hardest of all oh, of the I things. Oh, I think to, so. It's, it's the hardest of all of the negative things to uh, get rid of. 
this was one of the hardest things for me because I, as I was sub-vocalizing before, and I'd, I had learned this from my early childhood experiences with reading where I was supposed to sound it out or speak it out loud. And then when they'd say, read silently, the teacher would say, that just means you say it in your head. <laughs> 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 you know? And, and, you know, bless their hearts, those teachers have done so much good for me. In terms of reading, they taught me to read a very specific way. And so like you're saying, Jerry, you know, I had this expectation that if I'm reading, it means that I'm hearing it in my head. And I had to overcome that to realize there's a different way to read where my eyes can take in this information and it can be processed in a way that doesn't require me to vocalize it or to sub-vocalize it. That's correct. And part of the... Uh... Part of the course is helping you learn how to bring what you have put into your subconscious mind back out to your conscious mind so that you're remembering it. Mm -hmm. That's right. In fact, that's in the extended course. Right. Where you get into helping people with recall patterns and things like that. Right. That does not happen in the one-day course. Well, there is so much that we cover in this one-day course. In fact, I want to just to let you listeners know we have shared with you those three primary barriers to efficient reading, when you really understand those and you can start to practice and implement some techniques to overcome fixation, regression, and subvocalization, it will immediately at least double your reading speed. It has to. And that's, that's why the course comes with a guarantee, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> um, and, and you folks have done this enough that you know what kinds of techniques and drills and practice uh, segments you can do with people to help them to overcome fixation, regression, and subvocalization. I would encourage all of you listeners to just start watching what you do when you read. Be aware of it. And, and start to see that you are doing some of this fixation, regression, and subvocalization, which is slowing you down. And if you want to start reading faster, overcoming that is, is the very first step. And then there's all kinds of other techniques and things that you can start to apply. Some of the things that you folks teach in your course that can take you far beyond the level where you're reading right now. So I, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about those three. I want to give people a way to get connected with what you're doing. Maybe you could just t take a few minutes here to explain what kinds of things you're offering, how people can get connected with you. Where would you send them first? Okay, we have a website, www.abundantreadingsystems.com. And mm -hmm. we have our events listed there. And you can sign up for the events um, from that website. Um, Currently, we have a one-day event coming up on the 29th of February and in the Salt Lake, well, the South Salt Lake area. Um, and that, um, the information about that is on our website. That is a one-day event. And in our one-day event, um, we will at least double your reading speed. That's a guarantee. Mm -hmm. And then... Beyond that, we do have extended courses that can take you four more weeks if you want to uh, go beyond that. What we mm -hmm. give you in the initial course, in the one-day event, is enough for someone who is dedicated 
you know, to do all they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it does give you all the tools that you need to uh, you know, expand your reading speed mm-hmm. five to ten times. Uh, most people need a little more help with that, mm-hmm. and so we give the extended class, and we do give a few more... Um, other techniques yeah, and skills. Yeah, other techniques and skills that, mm-hmm. that you can uh, build from and uh, also how to you know, take notes effectively and, and um, recall what you um, mm-hmm. have read more readily. So mm-hmm. we do offer those things beyond that. But the one-day event, if you just have one day, and actually this year... It's an extra day. It's the 29th of February. It, yeah, it won't even take a day out it's of your It's not even year. a real day. That's right. <laughs> so you're not giving up anything. So like, people can get connected with that just through your website, AbundantReadingSystems.com. Yes. And there's more information there, but they can also actually register for this event. That's what, right. Actually, what I would like to see, many times we might have a day that they can't come. Uh, we have uh, an info, if they want, if they want to more information or if they want to let us know that they would like to take the class but they can't do this one, if they will contact us through there and uh, give us their uh, web address so that we can contact them, we'll be happy to put them on a list and uh, keep them posted of classes that uh, things that we are have coming up, up in the future uh-huh. or whatnot. Well, that's excellent. You know, as, uh, as I've had some experience with this, and I'm not a speed reading teacher, I was just really enthused about what you guys were doing, and that's why I wanted to to jump on board. And it's been kind of fun to partner up with you to present some of these things because of all of the psychological aspects involved. I've been able to come on board and add some to your curriculum. And I am just really excited about this one-day event. Jerry, you said that there's there's an opportunity for people to sign on for four additional weeks after that. That's right. Uh, to, to build in some accountability, to learn some of those other skills and techniques. Basically, this one-day event then has taken the six-week course and chopped off the first two days to put into one day. Right, because there are some people that were just not willing to commit to that mm-hmm. long a period of time because their their time schedule just did not allow for it. Well, and at the point they couldn't see the value of it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so, so some of those people, even though uh, we just finished up a class um, where we had um, several people that didn't really know that they had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. But once they took the first course, they realized that they, wanted they made it higher on their priority list and they, they took the extended course and did really well. We, we had a fun class. I am so excited that you guys have joined me here today for this podcast. I think this is something that is valuable to our listeners. I want to encourage you listeners to go check out AbundantReadingSystems.com. We've had David and Jerry Hinton here with us today for Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you so much for bringing this value to our listeners. Thanks Thanks for for having us. us. It's been fun. I want to encourage you all to go out there and live on purpose. Do something today that helps you to take more control over your life. I hope you have a fantastic one. We'll be back here with our next episode in about a week. We'll see you then. Thanks.